This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf il anbiya wa mursaleen. نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد. We commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa taala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his entire household, all his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to bless them all and to grant every single one of them forgiveness and goodness. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala to bless every single one of us too. My brothers and sisters. If we take a look at the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us, they are so many, we actually take them for granted. The fact that you are looking at me right now and I'm seeing you, that is a great gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The vision I have is a great gift of Allah. The voice I have, everything you have, the fact that we are breathing air, the fact that we are in this masjid in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with so much of peace, the fact that we have enjoyed a meal in the evening, the fact that we have food, the fact that we have so much in terms of wealth, in terms of clothing, in terms of so many of the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We take this for granted. It's important for us to sit and ponder over the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ponder and we think and we should never deny the gifts of Allah. What is meant by denial of the gift of Allah? You know that Allah has given you you know that you have family, you have children, perhaps you have so much of goodness, but you do not fulfill the basic rights that you owe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You do not fulfill your salah. You cannot give your zakah correctly. You dilly-dally when it comes to hajj, when it comes, for example, to obeying the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding the fast in Ramadan. We dilly-dally when it comes to the dress code. And yet we know Allah has given us the good looks. Allah has given us the organs and the limbs that we have. We know that others are suffering and struggling across the globe. We know that there are people whose peace has been snatched away in such a way they never imagined that it would go away in that particular way. Yet we are sitting here, we think twice when it comes to dressing properly. When it comes to cutting out sin for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we sometimes don't even consider that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us make full use of this beautiful eve of the month of Ramadan to cut our bad ways and to promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we will in fact not be from among those who take his gifts for granted. So according to the tafsir of Ibn Kathir, narrated by Ibn Abi Hatim, from Mujahid rahimahullah, he says there was a Bedouin man who came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam several questions and he wanted to know more. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam began to read verses that made mention of the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The verses of Surah An-Nahl, Wallahu ja'ala lakum min buyutikum sakana. Indeed, Allah has created for you from your homes some form of comfort. You know, home is home, as they say. You can be anywhere you are on the globe, as comfortable as it may be. 
when you get back to your own abode where your family is, the feeling is absolutely different. Even if you were staying at a five-star hotel elsewhere, when you come back to your one-star abode, that comfort that is given to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are people in our midst, myself included, I would prefer traveling through the night to arrive home than to sleep elsewhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Have you ever thought of it? It's a gift of Allah. It's something amazing, something unique. You go away, when you come back, it's Allah who's created for you something you can call home. Subhanallah. Amazing. What gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Bedouin man says, yes. Yes, meaning I acknowledge it's a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he continues the verse, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَجَعَلَ لَكُم مِّن جُلُودِ الْأَنْعَامِ بُيُوتًا تَسْتَخِفُّونَهَا Mentioning the gift of the leather, the gift of the skins of animals, how we use them to make tents when we want to go camping or when we are traveling, we have something light. And then the Bedouin man says, yes, that's also a gift of Allah. And the verses continue where the Prophet ﷺ read the verse immediately after that, which makes mention of how Allah has created different types of material. That which you will wear in winter, it will keep you warm. That which you will wear in summer, it will keep you cool. Subhanallah, have you thought of it? The cotton and the polyester and the wool and all of this part of the clothing, Allah says, we've created it diverse for you oh man so the bedouin man says yes until the prophet ﷺ got to a verse the next verse in this way allah has completed his favor upon you why in order that you may surrender to the command of Allah. Allah gave you everything. He made life easy for you so that you can surrender, so that you fulfill your salah, so that you stop lying, you stop using abusive language, so that you cleanse your tongue, so that you praise Allah, so that you can dress appropriately, so that you can cut out the gambling and the, the drugging, or should I say the intoxicants and various other bad habits you may have. So Allah has facilitated everything for you. So this Bedouin man acknowledges it. He gets up and walks away. So the next verse being revealed. They know the gifts of Allah upon them. And after having known the gifts of Allah, they are denying them because most of them are absolutely ungrateful. So the question I have, it may have been a Bedouin man, it may have been someone else, but wallahi, I will only benefit if I put myself in the shoes of that man. And if I say for a moment, have I reacted in a similar way in my own life? When Allah's given me, He's made me a millionaire. For example, in Zimbabwe dollar terms. And at the same time, He's given me so much. He's given me a lot by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what do I do? I find myself still hooked onto that which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a lesson. Brothers and sisters, remember one thing. When Allah gives you, He keeps on giving you. When you don't turn back to Him, guess what? He snatches it away in the most disastrous way. And that too is a gift of Allah if it's going to make us turn to Him. Why do I need to wait for Allah to punish me before I turn to Allah? 
Why don't I turn to Allah during days of ease and goodness while I'm okay and enjoying? I still fulfill my salah. I still get up, mashallah, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will still cry the warm tears to say, Oh Allah, I have sinned human nature. I have committed wrong, but these are the warm tears for your sake. Before anything bad happens to me, Ya Allah, I've turned to you. I repent and I cry. I thank you for absolutely everything you've given me. What a beautiful lesson we learn from this amazing reason of revelation of this beautiful verse, verse number 83 of Surah An-Nahl. Then we have a man from among the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, narration of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu in Al-Bayhaqi. He says, Uthman ibn Mad'un, there was a time in Mecca when he seen the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam seated and he asked to sit in the company of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And at that time, he was not yet a believer, meaning his belief was not solid. And he says, I sat and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam sat and I noticed him looking up. A little while later, I saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam take his sight in a strange way. He followed it right up to the heavens and it came slowly down. And I was wondering what's going on here. And he says it happened again, twice in the same sitting. His vision, his eyesight went up. And as it went up, subhanallah, it came down again. And then when he looked towards me, I told him, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this is what I noticed. What happened? Can you explain to me? And he says, Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam came to me with revelation. Revelation of verses. What were those verses? So Uthman ibn Mad'un is now listening to verses that were revealed in his presence. He used to say it all the time later on that I know of verses that came down while I was watching. Some of the most powerful verses of the Quran, all of us would know them because they are repeated every Friday, almost every Friday. Verse number 90 of Surah An-Nahl. Inna Allah ya'muru bil'adli wal-ihsani wa ita'i dhil-qurba wa yanha'anil fahshai wal-munkari wal-baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkaroon Indeed, Allah has instructed you. Allah commands that you fulfill justice. Allah commands that you be just. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands that you be kind. Subhanallah. Justice and then kindness. And that you reach out to your relatives. You give to your relatives. Giving meaning wealth. Make sure that your family members are all okay. Your relatives are all okay. They have the first right over you and your pocket. Remember that. Your pocket, the first right. Yes, you and your family members and then your relatives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. Many of us, the right of our pockets is just the right hand. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. We spend it on ourselves and that's it. No, the more you spend, the more you will get. The more you spend, the more you are building your palaces of the hereafter. Remember this, the more you keep for yourself, the greater the chances of your children killing themselves over that wealth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not let that happen to us. So learn to spend. Now, if you take a look at this verse, this is not a reason of revelation. It is actually a point of revelation. Where was the verse revealed? It was revealed in the presence of Uthman ibn Mad'un. And at the same time, look at the sequence. If Allah wanted, He could have told us, Allah instructs you to be kind and to be just. But He says, no, Allah instructs you to be just and to be kind. Because justice comes before kindness. It's your right. 
It's your right to retaliate. But if you don't, it's kindness. Remember this. Sometimes people harass others and you find the pious coming to them and say, you know what, just forgive him. Just excuse him. Just forgive him. Keep on. You forgive him once. You forgive him twice. You forgive him ten times. It becomes a means of depression for a person to keep on forgiving someone else. It is your right, my brother, to take retribution. It is your right to retaliate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May he grant us an understanding. That having been said, it is always better to forgive. MashaAllah. <laughs> always better to forgive. But what this does mean, sometimes in a marriage, for example, you keep on asking the wife to overlook, overlook, overlook. How long is she going to overlook for? Come on, change your ways and habits, my beloved husband. Subhanallah. And vice versa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. My brothers and sisters, we face challenges on the globe solely because we are unjust sometimes. We want people really to adopt what is kindness when we are oppressing them wholesale. And we think, no, don't worry, make sabr, make sabr. Sabr also has its limits. You need to know this. The Prophet ﷺ forgave and he kept on forgiving. But there was a time when he prepared an army and went to fight. Do you know that? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand the balance. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. These are wonderful verses. The reason is the divine wording of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so, so unique that the order of it always would teach us a lesson. And this is why relatives are mentioned. Do you know one of the reasons? One of the reasons is when you want to be kind, it's not easy to be kind to your own family members. Every single extended family has to have politics. It's impossible to have an extended family without some form of politics. The minute you have wealth in the picture, the minute you have women in the picture, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. And I'm not saying this in a derogatory term. I'm saying it because it is our duty to defend our women. So as I'm defending my, for example, the women under my authority, I would find those who perhaps are oppressive. I'm at loggerheads with them. Does that mean there was anything bad with the women? Not at all. It means I was standing up for those under my authority. Let's understand. We did not say anything abusive to the females. Alhamdulillah. My brothers and sisters, it's important for us to know this. And it's important for us to realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects us to go the extra mile to resolve family disputes. Wallahi, a person who wants a place in paradise is a person who gives up what belongs to them sometimes only to resolve an age-old crisis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. May He open our doors. So the rest of the verse, Allah says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits immorality, evil, immorality and evil and oppression. Allah prohibits it. Anything immoral will rebound upon you. It will return to you at some stage unless you repent. You know, repentance is a gift of Allah. We all make mistakes. Sometimes while we were growing up, we were young. Perhaps we didn't know too much about the deen. Perhaps we did not know many of the rules and regulations. Or maybe we were just weak. We were not that conscious. And as we grew older, we realized the gift of Allah. We realized we need to turn to Allah. Imagine if there was no tawbah, if there was no repentance and Allah says, no, I will punish you. And that's it. There's no way you're going to come back here. Allah says, you keep on seeking forgiveness and I will keep on forgiving you for as long as you keep on seeking that forgiveness. What mercy of Allah. So Allah says, quit this immorality. My brothers and sisters, we are living in an age of pornography. We are living in an age where the elderly are now becoming caught into in pornography. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard our eyes. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard our minds. We have immorality that is a result of this type of lack of control of the eyes. Wallahi, it's about time we quit. It's about time we cut it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How long are we going to continue? What do you achieve by it? You really achieve nothing besides contamination of the mind, the heart, the soul, the spirituality, the link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contaminated because we want to view images that are unacceptable. We want to view videos that are unacceptable. We want to pass them across to others using the social media that Allah has facilitated for us in order for us to get closer to Him. Rather, we use it to become distant from Allah. The social media we have, whether it is WhatsApp, whether it is Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, it is there as a test for you and I in order to see whether we will use it to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do we do? We actually are using it to distance ourselves from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We become closer to the devil. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. This is why we have reminders of this nature where Allah tells us, stay away from immorality. It will harm you. It's not going to do any good to you. It will contaminate you. It will destroy your family, your home. You would have achieved nothing, absolutely nothing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us using a beautiful example of a woman who was not too well in her mind. At the time of the Prophet ﷺ, what she used to do, she used to spin the thread. You know, she used to weave and she used to strengthen what she had made. And at the end of the day, after having knitted or after having made whatever she made, she would sit and undo the whole thing once again. Now, that example fits for myself and yourselves where sometimes we do a lot of good deeds. Then we backbite about someone, we swear them, we cheat them, we deceive them, we've robbed them, whatever we've done. And our good deeds are all undone by going to that particular person. So I read salah in the first saf. Before I walked out of the masjid, I engaged in backbiting. What happened to that salah? Before I walked out, it's already gone to another man who probably didn't even come to the masjid. Subhanallah. And we think he was evil and terrible, not realizing, brother, you just fulfilled it. On the account, it's gone to the other man. May Allah forgive us. Don't do that. It is very serious. It's a matter of importance whereby when you do a good deed, ask yourself, have I looked after the deed? Have I protected it? Have I tried my best to ensure it will come with me to the day of Qiyamah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. You've done your deeds. Will they really be with you on the day of judgment? May Allah forgive our shortcomings and may He strengthen us. So this verse, Tafsir, tafsir Qurtubi, has a narration of Ibn Abi Hatim. And the Prophet ﷺ speaks of this woman who is from Banu Sa'ad, who used to, as I said, weave and at the end of the day, undo everything she had woven. So Allah says, verse number 92, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّتِينَ قَضَتْ غَزْلَهَا مِنْ بَعْدِ قُوَّةٍ أَنْكَاثًا تَتَّخِذُونَ أَيْمَانَكُمْ دَخَلًا بَيْنَكُمْ أَنْ تَكُونَ أُمَّةٌ هِيَ أَرْبَى مِنْ أُمَّةٌ Do not be like the woman who untwisted her spun thread after it was strong. In order that some of you make usurp the wealth of others so that you become rich. So people used to swear an oath and they make promises. When it comes to business especially, a lot of people make many promises that they cannot meet. Why make the promise? You've made a promise. Stick to it or don't have made it in the first place. Subhanallah. So 
Allah says, do not be like the one who keeps on promising, promising, and then goes back on all those promises one after the other. It's equivalent to this woman. She builds on something, and after the, after the day, she actually undoes the whole thing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. Then we have the incident of those who were persecuted in Makkah al-Mukarramah. Today it's becoming quite difficult for some people to declare that they are Muslim. In some countries where people would like to revert to Islam, either their families or their communities, or sometimes the situation does not allow them to openly declare that we are Muslim. So you have many people who ask a question, are we allowed to become Muslim without many people knowing that we are Muslim? The answer is yes, obviously. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah knows that you, you have believed in your heart. It is best to become a, a part of the group and it is best to join. But you don't have to declare to the globe that you are a Muslim. If there is a reason that you fear perhaps for your life or you fear something and perhaps you may not be able to announce it for some reason. So there is no problem. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us all. We take it for granted, my brothers and sisters, but we don't realize what others are going through. Us... We are born Muslimin. We have in most cases, and we have no problem practicing Islam in our environment, yet we don't want to practice it. And those who are struggling across the globe, who have to pay a fine to wear hijab, they are wearing it and paying the fine. How's that? Subhanallah. How's that? Look at where we are. What type of appreciation of the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do we have? My brothers and sisters, are we waiting for a day when it goes away, when it is snatched, suddenly it becomes hard for you to be a Muslim and then you want to quickly go to, to read Salah? Now while the masajid are open, no one is hindering you, no one's stopping you, people are encouraging you, it's easy to get a lift to go to the masjid for example, and we are busy snoring, sleeping. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, narration of Ibn Abi Hatim by Ibn Abbas radiallahu he says, Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu in Makkah al-Mukarramah was persecuted to the degree that he almost died. And they asked him if he was a Muslim or not. They asked him to utter a word. And they said, if you say you're not, we will stop persecuting you. If you say you're not, we will stop beating you up. So according to one of the narrations, he said the word. He said, okay, I'm not. And news quickly went to Muhammad that Ammar ibn Yasir has reneged apostasy. He has turned back to kufr after he was a mu'min. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verse number 106 of Surah An-Nahl, clarifying the position. Whoever disbelieves after they had believed, Allah says there is a severe punishment for them, except the one who's forced to utter words while his heart is firm on Iman, for them there is no blame. Who was that? Ammar ibn Yasir radiallahu anhu. And the lesson is for us all. Someone who's forced to utter a word, in Islam, we are taught that at gunpoint, if someone asks you a question and you know they'd probably blow your brains if you were to answer wrongly, you can give them the answer they want because your life is more sacred than a simple answer when your heart is clear cut on the right path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us prioritize. With us, we have a strange problem. What is it? Nobody's holding a gun to our heads. 
But still, when someone asks you, what's your name? Instead of Muhammad, we are too shy. We just say Mo. A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. We are too shy to declare that we are Muslim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. I recall a sister. Her name was Fatima. And really, the way someone had asked her what her name was, and she did not want to portray herself as a Muslim. And she says, Tima. And I'm thinking, Tima, I wonder what's going on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. We are not part of that Tima. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, don't be afraid. Wallahi, don't be afraid. Sometimes your identity is what will lead others towards the deen because they see the goodness you have. If I'm really a decent person, why should I hide the fact that I'm a Muslim? When others know this person is a Muslim, they're decent, they will be attracted to the true deen, to the true religion, because they know that I'm a person who, who is a Muslim, who's trying to follow Islam, and I'm a good person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all good. So this was a beautiful uh, clarification of the situation of Ammar ibn Yasir, and the Prophet sallallahu said that he is definitely filled with iman, filled with iman. He was a man who struggled, they were persecuted. The others who were persecuted, Bilal ibn Rabah, Khabbab ibn al-Arat, radiyallahu anhum, Suhaib al-Rumi, and the others, a lot of them refused even to say the word. They took the punishment. They were bleeding up to the end, but they did not say any words to please the kuffar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a little bit of strength. Then we learn another beautiful lesson also from the verses of the Quran. Sometimes when someone has done something bad to you, you end up doing bad to them for the rest of their lives. Someone made one mistake. Say for example, they said something wrong, they did something wrong. We hold it as a grudge in our hearts forever and ever. And we penalize them forever because of one thing they did. Allahu Akbar. But we don't realize every one of us makes mistakes. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to double up the punishment for anything we did, I think we would be doomed. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and His mercy is such, when you do a good deed, I will multiply it by 10. When you've done a bad deed, I keep it as it is. And in fact, I look for an excuse to forgive it. Subhanallah. Allah doesn't multiply the evil deeds. No, He doesn't. He only multiplies the good deeds, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the battle of Uhud took place. And this narration is made mention of in Sunan al-Tirmidhi, as well as a book known as Al-Mustadrak of Imam Hakim. Narration of Ubay ibn Ka'b radiallahu he says on the day of Uhud, almost 70 Sahaba were martyred. From among them was Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ was very, very upset because he saw what they did to the body of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib. And he was very upset. And the Ansar were hurt, and the Muhajireen were hurt. So many of the Muslimin were martyred. The battle of Uhud. And do you know what? Some of the Ansar said, when we have a moment, we will ensure that we do to them double this, which means we massacre them. Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. We will do double. Obviously, they were hurt. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So it is reported that on the day of the victory of Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the following verse. And this verse may have been revealed more than once. It appears in the Quran once, but it may have been revealed more than once. Once at the occasion of Uhud and once upon the victory of Makkah or perhaps only upon the victory of Makkah. But the lesson is for us all to learn. Allah says, and this is verse number 126 of Surah An-Nahl. 
وَإِنْ عَاقَبْتُمْ فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا عُوقِبْتُمْ بِهِ وَلَئِنْ صَبَرْتُمْ لَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لِلصَّابِرِينَ When you are punishing, punish equivalent to the crime that was committed. But if you were to bear patience, it is better for those who bear patience. Which means, if one person has struck one person, you may strike one person. You don't say, I'm going to strike 70 people because of one. If your child, for example, has said a bad word, in order to reprimand the child, to correct the child, you don't slap the child until the child turns green and blue. No, it's a swear word. Perhaps the child needs correction. Guess what? They probably learnt it from you. May Allah forgive us. A lot of the times the children utter words. Where did they get it from? The mother, the father. And then the mother and the father have a debate who exactly it was. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. When you want to punish, when you want to retaliate, do not go beyond the limits. Study the case. Look at what is the deserving punishment. You may exercise it. But Allah ends by saying, if you are patient, if you are patient, it's better for those who bear patience. Much better. So take it easy. Now let's look at what happened upon the victory of Mecca. Wow, beautiful. The Prophet ﷺ being faced with the same lot who came to Uhud to massacre his own uncle and the others. And he looks at them and says, Ya ma'ashara Quraysh, O people of Quraysh, Mada tadunnuna anni fa'ilum bikum. What do you think I'm going to do to you today? And obviously he could have done anything because he's got the power, the authority, the final say, the army, the weaponry, everything is there. And these people are criminals. They did not deserve to actually live if you take a careful look at it because they had massacred Muslimin. If they were court-martialed, they would have been executed, all of them. But he says, when they looked at him, they said, you know, you're a kind man. Ah, now suddenly you're a kind man, isn't it? You're a kind man. He says, Go, all of you, free. No retribution today. I tell you what the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him, Yusuf alayhi salam told his brothers, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم. No retribution upon you today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. I want to end this evening by reminding every one of us, let's learn to forgive one another. Let's learn to turn a new leaf. Wallahi, when you hold grudges, it is a weight on your shoulders. It refuses sleep. It prohibits your sleep. It destroys your health. It destroys your head. It makes you a stressed person. You walk around frowning. You develop such a look on your face that you look so miserable. Don't do that. Learn to forgive and let go. No matter what, let it go. Subhanallah. By the will of Allah, if possible, you will be able to be from among those who are calm, cool and relaxed. Looking forward to the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you forgive, the chances of you being forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala become much, much greater. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. I'd like to acknowledge those who are listening to us from far and wide, mashallah, on the live stream every single night. Alhamdulillah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you all. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us forgiveness in this beautiful month of Ramadan to make it a month with a difference to accept from us the salah that we've been engaging in as well as the fasting that we've been engaging in. And we ask Allah to soften our hearts and to help us to earn Jannah in the company of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.